Tell me, though, what's his technique? That last strike, it seems invincible. Hello and welcome to Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Irons podcast. My name is Connor McKenna. I'm Carl Stout. And today, we're cancelling the show. See ya! Bye. (laughs) No, today we are covering Iron Fist 11. But first, we'll go over some news, because the San Diego Comic Con has been out, and there's a lot of news there. Um... Yeah, uh, because it's it's been so long since we've done an older issue. This is Iron Fist Eleven from 1976. Yes, yeah. So I was seeing you pointed out, then I thought, no, I'm lazy. So yes. Um. Well, where to start? Really? Trailers, posters, lots of news. Alright, well, we're an Iron Fist podcast. We'll start with the Iron Fist news first, I think. So the big one is, well, there was a teaser trailer. And it was pretty good for a teaser trailer, to be honest. Usually they don't have yes. that much in it. Usually they're about 20 seconds shorter and just have a logo instead of anything actually happening, so... Like the Defenders. <laughs> yeah, no, that was... I was excited, then I was... Anyway, we'll talk about that <laughs> afterwards, but... So, yeah, uh my fears about Dude Bro, Surfer Danny, and... The tone are allayed significantly because it looks like they're going for, you know, a dark tone like the early stuff, which is good. And, uh, ah, there hasn't been a motorcycle riding past here for like hours and now just some jerk has to do it. So anyway, yeah, you wrap that engine. Um, God. <laughs> Can you pick up? Yeah, can you pick up from here? Because I'm off track right now. (laughs) Well, the new the new teaser trailer trailer dropped, and we saw a definitely a couple of interesting things. Yeah, let's let's go over what the trailer has in it, and then dissect it. So you've probably seen it more times than me, right? I've watched it like three times. Yeah, I've seen it twice. So. The, uh, from the, from the very get-go, it, get-go, it no longer looks like a hike into the Himalayas, but a plane trip. Uh, we see a young Danny, and I'm guessing his mother, which is also looks nothing like his mother from the comic books. Um. As long as his dad is blonde. <laughs> well, I mean, just so, like, his genetics actually make sense. Then again, well, they the might. Yeah. Even blonde, though. Oh, yeah. Whatever. The highlights are just from the sun. <laughs> Dude. Bro. From all that surfing he does. Yeah. The, uh, strapped, young Danny strapped to an airplane seat, oxygen mask hanging in front of him, apparently his mother comforting him. Then we are shot by a scene of piles of snow. I'm not technically sure because I've only watched the trailer three times on my phone, so it's not like I've watched it full size on a screen. Not surely, not sure what we're seeing in the snow. Uh, I think it's just wreckage. 
wreckage in the snow, and then we see Danny still strapped to the airplane seat in the snow. I probably should have watched the trailer again before we recorded this and really dissected it, but... Well, it's too late. like work. That'd be like a job we should get paid for. I mean, it's only 50 seconds, but it's too late, so... I mean, yeah, no, from what I can remember, it's only wreckage. And then we, uh, blurrily see two monks come into focus. Yeah. And I'm not talking Friar Tuck monks, we're talking Shaolin Temple, whoopie upside the head monks. Yeah. And then we're, uh... Get a scene of the barefoot Danny walking down the street. Yep. Putting headphones and on, then, it looks like. And then we suddenly see the scene, which I am very happy to see because it makes complete sense, of Danny in a mental ward strapped to a bed fighting with his restraints. That'll last long. And with somebody who works in the uh, hospital field, those restraints haven't been used in years because straps are too long and people could strangle themselves with it. That's a whole different story. No, we're and not. I'm not. I'm not concerned about the realism. <laughs> and then we see a awesome scene of a gigantic door-sized chunk of a wall being blown across a alleyway as Danny stands in the cutout he pretty much just created. I'm sure using his iron fist. I didn't notice then, his fist glowing or anything though. So. No, there was no no glow anywhere. Yet they have confirmed that, I think, so it could he maybe just kicked it or something. And, um... Also, I wouldn't be surprised, because, let's be honest, it's a perfect rectangle he just put into a wall. Like, maybe he blows a door through an opening that then proceeds to fly out through the wall, or yeah. maybe stands up a bed and does it, I don't know. Well, there's also, and uh then there's a voiceover saying, Hello, Danny. I don't know whose voice that is. And it has a close-up... Face. Where's blood coming out of his mouth and he's smiling, which is very living weapon esque. Um, so yeah, it was a pretty good teaser, all in all. Uh, we also were presented with a teaser poster where the logo has been changed just a bit. The dragon's wings almost resent, represent almost like the whole yin yang thing. Yeah. On how they're positioned, there's more detail into the dragon. Don't know if that's what's going to be appearing on his chest or not, or if that's just the logo. We'll have to wait and see on that. Yep. Yep, that uh, was a good teaser. Yeah, and I am totally okay with the plane crash thing, because if you listen to our first episode, I bring up a lot how bringing a nine-year-old kid into a you know dangerous hiking Himalayas trip is just all sorts of crazy. So it's good that they're taking a plane this time. My only question that the plane crash could represent is the, uh... Everything? Like... <laughs> no, the initial argument with, uh, Ward Meacham on the cliff face. Yeah, I mean, that can... I think that can happen, like, a variety of ways. It doesn't... I don't think... I think the point is, like, he has to end up killing... Well, I'm, I'm not going to say he has to. They could change it in a way where it still works, but... Yeah, I... It's definitely going to have to be changed. I mean, you're not going to see a guy, you know... Kick your kick your father off cliff face. You never see him again as you see his body bounce off the rocks below. That's, that's not going to happen. 
I mean, it still could happen. It could just happen after the crash. They start harking after afterwards or something. Well, I, I mean, mean, we. I kind of get the feeling it's he's on the ch- still in the chair when the monk's fighting him, but we. That's just that's just editing, wrong. though. Yeah. Like it could be just editing trick. So yes, that was the Iron Fist teaser. Uh, do you have anything to add about that? I I thought it looked good. Yeah. I, I I've got honestly no complaints other than a question, one or two questions, but not a single complaint. Yeah, I have questions, but it's like the good type of questions because they'll they'll be the questions that I'll be seeing in the show when it comes out. So, you know, I'll be seeing them answered. Mm-hmm. So yes, good trailer. Other news. Ooh, uh, there was a Defenders teaser, which is a lot yeah. less remarkable. It was okay. It just had um, it was just newspaper strip like sort of things. Very cool. And yeah, it was cool. They had like you know Nelson and Murdoch, then it peeled up to have a bit of the Daredevil thing, then Alias Investigations peeled up Jessica Jones, etc. You know uh, the the prison thing peeled up for Luke Cage, and with Iron Fist, who is Danny Rand peels up to um, Iron Fist. But, yeah, no, it's cool. But uh, I think the thing to take away from that teaser is Stick's voice, really, because that's the only thing there that's news. But a lot of people. A lot of us suspected that Stick was going to be in the Defenders anyway. Since oh, he's you a... didn't read, you didn't read the latest thing about the Defenders. I didn't even bother to post it. What is it? They've already confirmed they're fighting the Hand. Oh, okay. Well, that that makes sense. That's a good thing actually, because that way they don't have to waste Daredevil season three on the Hand, which, by the way, has also awesome. been confirmed. Yes, and Punisher. That was confirmed. Has been confirmed also. That was confirmed a while ago, though, wasn't it? Was that at the Comic-Con, the Punisher stuff? I think they officially confirmed it at the Comic-Con, but yeah, it's been a rumor going around for a while, and nobody was really denying it, but Marvel hadn't come out and said yes yet. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I guess we'll see. I personally would have been felt... I I like the Punisher. I was not a fan of this actor, and he did impress me. Yeah. So I am more of a fan now than seeing him in other work. Um, I thought he did a great job. I liked what they did with the, the backstory. I'm in the uh, same slight, part. Slight change to his origin I had no problem with. Um, but I would have preferred to see him as a reoccurring regular. Let me just put it that way. Yeah. Because I just... And, unless they do the smart thing, which... I'm hoping they do because it's a good character. Netflix hasn't really screwed up yet. If they take, um, oh my God, what was the name of the TV show? The Equalizer. If they go at it like The Equalizer. I've never heard of that. You've never watched the show The Equalizer? No. But was a fantastic, and you didn't watch the, the Denzel Washington movie of it? No. Fantastic show. Premise, almost like the A-Team, except he would kill people. Hmm. People are getting screwed over, people are getting burned, people had, you know, relatives killed, and other yeah. people got away with it, and they present, they would find out how to contact him, like the A-Team, he would show up, they would yeah. present their case... And if he felt that their case was merited, he would take on their account, rather, and 
equalize the situation. And then him and his cohort very easily could be microchip would, you know, leave to whoever they helped next. And they were paid for their endeavors. Sometimes they weren't actually paid by the people. Sometimes it was like literally what Punisher would normally do. Here's a guy with cash lying everywhere. I've just taken him out. I will relieve him of some of his cash. Yeah. And that, I think that show went for like six seasons. Jeez. But you could literally just take the scripts of the Equalizer, change his name to Frank Castle, change his helper's name to Microchip, and make them more violent, and you could have six seasons of The Punisher. I mean, well, let's face it, Punisher as a character is like, well, he's just literally a vigilante. Right. That's, that's yeah. And I, I love The Punisher too. He used to be my favorite for a long time. Um, and, yeah, I, that sounds like a good idea, because otherwise... And I want them. I want them to put in inner monologues as well, because I love the, like in, in the Punisher comics, some of the best things are his inner monologues, you know, mm-hmm. Punisher War Journal, or just him thinking to himself. I think that adds a lot, because I think for the Punisher show to work, they should really put in a sense of isolation. So like he, you know, shouldn't be interacting with people that aren't criminals that often, in my opinion, unless it's like microchip or something. But yeah, because. <sighs> Because it's different when you're doing a Netflix show about The Punisher because you're not doing it about anything remotely really fantastic. You're just doing it about a guy who kills people. And it's, it's, I think it's, it, out of all of them, it'd be the most different, I think. Mm-hmm. And the riskiest one to do because you can't, it's like, do you want to go the sort of super, her- the heroic route or do you want to, you know, do a balance. I don't know. I guess we'll just have to see what it ends up looking like. Um, but like that, that equalizer feels like that. I think it would be good. Yeah. Is there any other news at the Comic Con? Uh, let me ask you one thing before we go to further stuff. Um, did you ever watch the Jack Reacher film? No, that was Tom Cruise, Tom right? Cruise. Right. Yeah. Well, no, they just. They... They, they dropped the trailer for the second one to come out. The second trailer looks really good. It's the first one so, really good? So I came home, told my wife I saw the trailer for the second one. I just saw the brand new Star Trek yesterday, Star Trek Beyond. Uh, fantastic, by the way. The best of the three, I think, without question. Great film, people laughing out loud in the theaters from some of the stuff going on. CGI through the roof on the ships and the star fighting and sick. Best one so far. I also saw the brand new Ghostbusters, which I give a solid eh to, unfortunately. <laughs> was was not impressed at all. I yeah. saw, the, saw the new trailer for Jack Reacher, came home, told my wife. She's like, oh, it's on cable. So we immediately watched. She liked it. So she's like, I'll watch it again. She threw it right on. We watched the original Jack Reacher. Could have so been a Punisher movie. Yeah. Honestly. They could have just changed him to Frank Castle and it would have been a Punisher flick with what goes down. Yeah. Ex-military. A little different because he's ex-military police and then left the military and became a ghost. Um, And just just pops up and handles things when when stuff uh, goes awry. I think he meant a literal ghost. I was was confused for a sec. I'll give it a watch then. Sounds good. 
he even walks into, uh, they show him walking into a Salvation Army, which I don't know what they call them down there. Salvation Army. They're still called Salvation Armies in Australia? Yep. Uh, buys a whole new set of clothes, puts them on in the changing room, hands the girls the slips. They ring them up. He throws out what he was wearing into the donation box. And later in the film, he's washing his shirt in the sink, and the woman's just like, can you put a shirt on? And he holds it up, and he goes, this is my shirt. And he's standing in front of the closet, and there's no clothes in it. Wow. That's how much of a... And they say he has no car, he has no driver's license, uh, he doesn't fly. They have no way of tracking him because he uses public transportation for everything and pays for cash. Hmm. I wish I could live like that. No, actually, no, I don't. I hate buses. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what else is announced at the Comic-Con? Well, we've got uh, Toby being announced there as the young Iron Fist. Yep. Toby Nick, oh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Toby Nichols or something, sorry. Rebecca posted a clip, a link on the uh, Facebook page. Yep. Of that. Um, I would think there'd be more than one, but I guess they're just sticking with the one, so I don't know if we're going to see a lot of flashbacks. Yep. Um, there was also... There was also... I was uh, reading an interview with Joe Casada, and he said Iron Fist has the most villains so far out of all the Netflix shows. Yay. Now, have you finished Jessica Jones yet, Carl? I haven't started yet. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just trying to... Let me count on my head. I think there's two villains in Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. Two villains in Daredevil Season 2 or 3? Does Frank count? Does the Kingpin count in Daredevil Season 2? I don't know, it's either, it's either three or more. So, uh, as I was theorizing on the page earlier, I think, you know, obviously you could have Davos, Harold Meacham, Ward Meacham, and, uh, Master Khan, maybe, throw him in there. I get there towards the end or something. I don't know, but I'm interested either way. So, yeah. Um, anything else to come on? Because I, didn't really keep that much track of it. I kept track of, like, Iron Fist and that, and the Justice League, but, yeah. Well, I didn't keep track of the Justice League. I just saw the trailer, so... Justice League. I haven't seen the trailer yet. I didn't watch the trailer yet. I just saw one still photo where I noticed that they changed Batman's entire armor and his cowl again. I mean, I'm probably going to get hate for this, but it looks just like the Avengers, as in the movie, from the trailer. Mm-hmm. I'm just... I was not impressed at all, so... Well, that's... DC wants to follow Marvel's lead so they can make the Marvel money. I mean, what other film, what other industry could make, you know, $900 million with a Batman vs. Superman film, but consider it a failure because it didn't make the Marvel $1 billion mark? That's ridiculous, but that's what DC's doing. Well, now they're just, well, that's the problem. Man of Steel made a lot of money, but it was divisive critically, so they freaked out. Like, we need Batman, put him in, shove him in, and then Batman vs. Superman was less than desirable. More about that in the future. Um, now it just looks like Justice League, is, just looks like Batman again has become, you know, and like, the the plus side of that is Ben Affleck's really good Batman. The downside of that is like, enough with Batman already. I honestly think Suicide Squad's probably going to be their saving grace. 
I still I haven't watched the new trailer because I don't want to ruin anything for me. But um, I don't think I, it looks very good. People are raving about the new trailer though, the one that just I guess just dropped since Comic Con. Just the the jokes and stuff I've seen are really bad. Like that Harley Quinn line where she's like, "I hear voices in my head" or whatever. They're just so terrible. Oh. Anyway, do you want to cover the issue? No. Oh. Luke Cage. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, and you must be getting something. A whole bunch of crap for Luke Cage coming out. The only thing I saw with Luke Cage is a trailer. No, no, comic book-wise, we've got a new miniseries coming out uh, based on him in the 70s that's supposed to be hysterical. That was drawn, written, drawn, and everything by the guy who created Samurai Jack. Wow. Um, so, whole six issues full of black exploitation comedy <laughs> coming up. Yep. That should be interesting. Um, the, the trailer was ten times better than the teaser trailer. So the teaser trailer just basically had him walking into a gym and three guys shooting at him and bullets either stopping or somehow ricocheting off of him. Oh, they were both pretty much the same. It seems like the trailer was just a longer version of that, really. I love what he did with the car door. That was good, but I was wondering why he needed it until he wrapped it around that guy. I was he like, was trying to save his shirt. That, that didn't work. Because you know that comes up a lot. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, I only saw the trailer. It was good, though. Um, so that'll be out in September. Mm-hmm. Do you even want to discuss the who show that went down at the Killing Joke thing? Ah. Uh. I brief, I briefly read about that. I don't, I don't know enough. People are not happy. I mean, I'm about to, after I finish this Razal Ghoul Batman stuff I'm on, which he'd love because it's Bronze Age, I was gonna read Killing Jokes. I don't really feel like I'm enough of an authority on it to really talk about it. Pretty much uh, in, in, it's already, it's already, the entire thing's already leaked online. Well, I know what I know what people are angry about, but I just like I don't feel like I can weigh in on why they'd be angry or anything because I just don't. I haven't read the original and I haven't seen the movie either. So, from what I understand, the original part, which is the last forty-five minutes of the movie, is pretty much for verbatim what the actual book is. The problem was converting the book into a comic, uh, from the comic to a film. They either needed to add a whole dump load of fluff in between panels or write new material. And they chose to write new material. And they came forward and bragged that they were making the Batgirl part of the Killing Joke, which is the huge, you know, bomb in the Killing Joke about what happens. They were going to write her part even more to make it almost like a Batgirl story that then goes sour with the quick killing joke twist towards the end. So everyone was excited. They pumped this up huge. They were going to give her more of, more of a story. It was going to be more about her. It was going to be awesome, this, that, and the other thing. And then it showed at Kineticon, and then they had a panel on it, and the panel actually got ugly. Yeah. Where... One of the writers actually yelled out into the crowd, say it again, you pussy. <laughs> Is this on YouTube? 
I don't know if it's on YouTube. God, that, gotta watch me that. That sounds hilarious. That's, that's in one of the interviews that people said because a, a fan stood up and a fan addressed the issue. And then, like, the head producer or, or whatever explained that, you know, oh, you know, we made we made her uh, more character-driven and a strong woman. And the comment from the crowd was like, yeah, you made her a stronger woman by uh, being a sex object and pining over Batman. Oh, is this what it's all about? Oh, my God. Yeah, pretty much the first half hour of the movie is all about Batgirl her pretty much just dressing up as Batgirl to get some Batman nookie and them actually having sex, which in all the comics, for the most part, she's the same age as Robin. I mean, to be fair, though, in the animated universe, uh, she got that nookie, which is why Dick Grayson ended up... One of the reasons Dick Grayson ended up leaving, I'm pretty sure. And that's like the, you know, 90s kids animated universe, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, yeah. That, that was their excuse, that the cartoon she wasn't. And, I mean, uh, why... But it gets, that just sounds after, really boring. After they, <laughs> after they have sex, Batman won't talk to her anymore. So she's literally pining for Batman, waiting for him to call and all this crap. And then the events and the killing joke take place. That sounds that sounds really boring. Well, again, like I said, fans did not enjoy it. Fans said some shit at the. But it's like pan, these, panel afterwards, and the uh, producer and writer were not happy. These DC animated movies aren't are just not that good. Like the animation is, like I've seen some of the animation for the Killing Joke, and it's just subpar. It's not creative at all. Like, it's yeah. disappointing. I don't understand why people are getting so upset about these animated movies because, like, most of the time the source material is like a hundred times better. See, with live action, source material is better, but they're usually not adapting it directly. Whereas these animated movies do do that, and they're just never really as good. Yeah, if, if you enjoyed the movie Watchmen, the graphic novel is 20 times better. Oh, yeah. Movie's still good, though. I don't hate it, unlike a lot of people. I don't, I don't hate it either. I think that honestly was that director's best work. Now, Beef Vendetta, on the other hand, movie garbage, book amazing. Yeah, well, yeah, book amazing, and I, you just didn't, they did, it didn't completely uh, miss the point. <laughs> it just wasn't there. It, it missed, missed a lot of points, so actually. It missed I mean, every like, point. What's her face? Uh, what's her name? The actress is unplayed. Uh, Kieran Knightley. Yeah. Yeah, Kira, was it Kira Knightley? Uh, or was it what's her face? Natalie no, Portman. Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. They do look similar, though. I have confused. Yeah, no, the they do, do. Yeah. Natalie Portman, fantastic. In her role as an actress, did a great job. But it just ugh. well, the writing sucked for one. Like they just butchered everything. Really, they they turned the. You know, the bad guy in the comic was a fascist, but he was interesting and kind of sympathetic, kind of. It's in the movie, it was just... It just felt like a stupid, trashy action flick. Which is just, you know... I don't know, the comic just had a lot of great mood going and stuff as well. The movie's but just... You know. Two graphic novels I would strongly, strongly 
suggest picking up would be Watchmen and V for Vendetta. Yep, I'll second that. I guess we'll get to the issue now. (laughs) Okay, so... I'm just talking for a half hour. (laughs) Yeah, God. Well, there's a lot of news, so... Yes. Alright, let's see. Iron Fist 11. Watch out for the wrecking crew. So we have the cover. Iron Fist is on the ground, throwing his left hand up with the Iron Fist activated. Um, one of the wrecking crew, uh, Bulldozer. Yeah, he's, he's slamming his wrecking ball down onto Iron Fist, so it's, yeah, look, you, you explain it. This is doing my head in. I can't remember all their names. <laughs> so. I can't even remember all their names, but I don't think that's Bulldozer. I think that's Wrecking Ball. Pile Driver, The Wrecker, and Bulldozer. Uh, yeah, he must be The Wrecker. Oh, no, The Wrecker's got the crowbar. Alright, you, you just do it, because I'm confused. <laughs> These guys always confuse me whenever they pop up. Bulldozer's the guy with the helmet. I know that much. Uh, okay, that's Bulldozer. Hold on. Thunderball. Oh, it's Thunderball. Thunderball yeah. is swinging down his wrecking ball, and Danny's about to meet it with his iron fist. The wrecker is screaming, squash him, Thunderball. There's a little hint for you there, Connor. Yes, that's... Bulldozer is saying, show that martial arts punk some some real pounding, which is something he probably said often in prison. <laughs> and Danny on the ground with his fist in the air is thinking, nearly exhausted, even if my iron fist stops him, Powell Driver, The Wrecker, and Bulldozer, there's the guys behind Thunderball, yeah. will finish me. Watch out for the Wrecking Crew. It's a pretty decent cover. It does Very the job. It's a bit Very muddled, though. Like, the there's too much green and yellow. <laughs> there is a lot of green and yellow. Because, like, if you look at it at first glance, it's like, yeah. Uh, again, I'm looking at the original issue, and they actually made sure to make Iron Fist is one shade of green. Yeah, they're different. They're that's slightly lighter shade from of a green, side you know, glance walking through a shop. Super dark shade. Of green. However, for some reason, Wrecker has red gloves and a red mask. If you're walking through a shop a side glance, the shades of green aren't going to be distinct enough, I reckon. True. Um, so yeah, we go on to the first page, and the title of the story is "A Fine Day's Dying." Chris Clements, the author; John Burns, the artist. Dan Atkins is the inker, Jay Costanza, George Costanza, is the letterer, uh, D. Warfield is the colorist, and Archie Goodwin is the editor. It's not George, it's actually Jorge Costanza, that's why he spells it with a J. Shush! It's George. <laughs> um, Jorge! So yeah, we open with Iron Fist just diving off of a building under construction. Yes. Just from the top. Skyscraper in... Two apparently uh, workers about pooping their pants. Yeah, that crazy super dude. Yeah, that pretty much just... What the hell is he doing? And, uh, yeah, it's a Monday. It's nice, bright, and shiny. And, yeah, Iron Fist is just... He's dived down. And so I can't decide on panel two. Is John Byrne trying to stretch his Spider-Man wings or his Daredevil wings on this issue? It seems very Colin Daredevil, to be honest. 
Was he looking for some side work, trying to prove something to somebody? I mean, it looks very Gene Colin Daredevil, and I think it's a flexing his Daredevil thing because Daredevil is in this panel, so... You ruined the surprise. As opposed to what? <laughs> when we just say Daredevil's there later on. <laughs> Danny pulls a complete Daredevil move, which is done brilliantly in, yeah. the, in John Byrne multiple body forms using a colored and a, a lighter tone, which, of course, there must have been notes all over this panel to the colorist going, these should be really light. Yeah. Because <laughs> if the colors screwed this up, it completely wouldn't work. And as he's pulling off this maneuver where he's spinning off initially a piece of rebar coming from the unfinished building off of a... can't really make out what that sign is off of a flagpole, onto a sign, onto another flagpole, and onto another flagpole, because there's nothing but flagpoles in New York City, apparently. Yep. Now, who is with... Who is Heather? Who's Heather? Yeah, you're the Daredevil fan. Who the hell's Heather? Oh, Heather, Heather was his girlfriend for a long time. Very tragic end to her. Probably one of the worst endings to be honest <laughs> like um yeah she was his girlfriend for another time a long time basically he was her lawyer uh i can't remember no she just showed up as a, she just showed up at his house and then they started going out it was really weird like I, I hate it when women do that like she just shows up and then they just start dating i'm not even joking that happens because <laughs> <laughs> she used to live there or something and they just decide to you know what let's do it Anyway, she, yeah, her dad owned this big financial empire and stuff, and there was all that stuff. One of the funnier bits was Black Widow and Foggy Nelson forged breakup notes between them, and then they dumped each other. And it was like a really scummy thing to do, and they never admit that they did it to him. So, wow. to this day, he's thought that she dumped him, and vice versa. But yeah, she ended up hanging herself. Because, yeah, it was really dark. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, no, that, that, Devil 220, The Fog, uh, read it. It's good, just, so many things go wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want a down-to-earth story that ends with suicide and Daredevil, then that's for you. <laughs> yeah, if you're specifically lot. seeking out something like that, then the, maybe seek help, but yeah. Yes, yes, yes. There's phone, there's phone numbers you can call. Oh. Yeah, I'll just give you Bendis' number right now. Uh, <laughs> all right, so that, uh, he's doing this move, um, uh, commenting how the Thunderer would probably think he's being a wee bit flashy with what he's trying to pull off here. Um, Dangerous. He's... He's saying that it's such a good morning, it should bring out the showman and everyone. Uh, Daredevil and soon-to-be-deceased Heather are commenting on... Well, Heather's commenting on he's swinging almost... Could almost be Daredevil. Hint, hint, in future issues. Uh, I think it's about eight years till she dies in real in real time. Like no, no, I was talking about that he could almost be Daredevil and the fact that he's taken over the Daredevil identity uh, it two or three times. I'm losing track. He's done it so often. I think it's... Uh, I don't care. <laughs> Twice? 
Once or twice. You don't care. It's your two favorite superheroes. You should know this crap. Yeah, but Other it's just, Superman. just it's like, it just it. You know how you know how this stuff just kind of like blends together in your head after a while. Yes, I'm 45. That that happens with daily life at this age. <laughs> oh wow, you should probably see someone about that. King Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, he's thinking, I doubt that, Heather, since I'm Daredevil. On the other hand, whoever this young stalwart... Yeah, is, he's very good. I love how he's, like, gritting his teeth there, like, baring his teeth. It's a classic Daredevil expression. He's got gas. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to hold it back so he doesn't let it go in front of his girlfriend. Now, these two chuckleheads in the background... Yes. Yeah. What's with that comment? I'll tell you, Sterno, sure as shooter, that is a lady worth being late to work for. Are these guys supposed to be Marvel guys? <laughs> it's a serious question. I don't know, but the guy saying sure as shooter kind of looks like shooter back in the day. Yeah, and wasn't Roger Stern? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Working... Yeah... Like, Roger Stern has glasses and a mustache. Yeah, I think that's, uh... Especially with the whole ball... The softball team that they did in another is issue. This, is this Burn? Because he hates everyone. I bet he did it. <laughs> He's like, put these people in there. Put these riders in there, because I hate them. Yeah. Alright, so uh, Danny finishes his, uh... Aerobatics and, uh... Comments, unfortunately, every show must have its final curtain. And my end's here at the Manhattan South Medical Complex. Yeah, so he jumps in the window instead of, you know... Oh, wait, what the hell? He... J- jump, jumps in the window <laughs> in his normal clothes. Yeah, like, he... What the F are you doing on the fifth floor? <laughs> yeah, like... Dude, what are you... Whatever, Danny. I think his head is muddled. Maybe maybe his characterization in early Power Man and Iron Fist is accurate. Maybe he's just deteriorating over time, mentally. So he's just going to be like a child in the next Power Man and Iron Fist series. He'll need to be, like, nappy changed and stuff. <laughs> he's getting punched in the head too many times. For the rest of the world, nappy's a diaper. Oh, right. So, uh, yeah, Danny goes through a seventh floor window. Seventh floor, I was off by two floors, damn it. And he meets, uh, Misty. Right. But she doesn't tell him off. Not yet, it's still early in the issue. It's, um, he's there to check on Colleen because she went to go check on her father who's been, was mind wiped. And they mentioned that back in Iron Fist number one. It's about time he came back because that's just been like sort of in the background. Not even in the background, it's just been gone for ages. It's like, oh, where did he go? And of course, another cameo because this is like the cameo issue. We have Jean Grey in a wheelchair being pushed out by her boyfriend. Scott Summers. Scott Summers. And here is where we are informed that Gene and Misty were roommates at one time. Or are roommates. They're, they are roommates, yeah. They're, it's just she's uh, staying at the mansion, I think. Yeah, she's staying in the mansion uh, while she's recovering. And this is this is like... Uh, this, is, uh, this is the 
when did they start writing and drawing X-Men together, uh, Clamon and Byrne? Was it after Iron Fist, or did it start happening towards the end? Um, I think it started, well, obviously issue 15 is the crossover, Iron Fist with X-Men. Yeah. And before that, 14 had Sabretooth in it, but Sabretooth actually doesn't become an X-Men villain for quite some time. Just, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was shortly... This is what, I mean, Iron Fist is what got Burns' foot in solidly in the door at Marvel. Yeah. And then with his um, hookup with Claremont, that's what rolled into the X-Men run for quite a bit, which is some of the best X-Men stuff also. Well, it's considered by a lot of people like the X-Men run, really. I mean, we give these guys a lot of crap because personally they have attitudes and whatnot, but... Well, I don't know about Claremont. Writing in uh Ben has right. a lot of attitude problems. Writing in art style, this this these are the books to get and read. Yeah. Like John Byrne might be in a brace of uh not safe for this particular podcast word. But his Superman run is like one of the best runs ever, and that's Superman, a really nice guy, that he's writing well, so mm-hmm. yeah, don't don't ever really let the writer's personality or anything throw you off because Usually it means they're smart. <laughs> so, yeah. It's it's not it's not it's not a kind industry. It turns people honestly. Mm. Um, you get people drawing that. John Byrne without a spine, and like Miracle Man, just writers taking jabs at each other through their work, which always makes me laugh. It's uh, it's it's uh, there's a, there's a lot of backdoor stuff going on in the industry. Unfortunately, always has been. Uh, like Connor just mentioned, people stabbing each other in the back in order to get work, in order to get deals, getting people thrown off of books, all kinds of crazy stuff. It's yeah. high school all over again. A lot of them did generally get along with each other, though. Yeah. I'd say there was overall there was like more good than bad. You just hear more about the bad, obviously. Um, and then we can go to like the king of the controversies, which is Stanley and Jack Kirby. But I feel like we could do a whole podcast about that. So. That whole that whole time era, that's a whole other story about what went down back in those days. It's going to be yeah. so painful when Stanley dies. Like, it'll be so, I don't hate the guy, I think he's great, Forty he did, but there's just going to be so many people like just giving him complete credit for stuff that he didn't really do. Uh, I don't know, he's kind of come clean on almost all of that. By almost. There's a few things where he just hasn't, though, like Spider-Man with uh, Dicto. He still hasn't. No, he's done that. No, when did he? Was it very recent then? Because I think within the last five years, Ditko's received credit for creating the look. Because I think he went to Kirby first. Kirby had like a different idea, but it was Ditko whose idea everyone went with on how the character should look. So I think Ditko has credit as the creator of the appearance of what Spider-Man looks like. You're saying Stanley created the character, but Steve Ditko created the, the character. That's the thing, like. like, since Ditko created what the character looked like and how he moved and stuff because he was the artist, he should be, have a co-creator credit because Spider-Man, like, a lot of, part of Spider-Man, the reason he took off was because of his design mm-hmm. and the way he moved and stuff. So I think, like, he should have co-creator credit along with Stanley, not just co-creator for his, like, appearance. Yeah. Because, you know, if you made, if you made, 
Spider-Man, like a Kirby-esque blocky dark side. I don't know. Maybe that's a bad example because Kirby's awesome. But, uh, you know, yeah. he might not have taken off as much. I don't even know how Kirby's brain works. And it's incredible. Just the shading and stuff he would throw on all these different characters, these circular patterns mm. and lines. And it's just like, and the fact that, doesn't he have some record of like pounding out 10 pages a day? I don't know, but I know that he was, he was like super experimental. Like he went through a phase where he was doing like collages in his books. Which is really mm-hmm. weird, but yeah, like he was super, he was always like fiddling with stuff. Which is funny how he became the house style because he was so experimental, though. Mm-hmm. But future writers didn't experiment, they just copied his style. Not writers, artists. But you know, there's artists that branched out, made really good names themselves, like Gene Cullen and stuff, so. Mm-hmm. John Byrne. Hmm. Anyway. So I- Back to the book. After meeting Gene and Scott Summers in the hallway, they proceed to go see how Colleen is doing. And she looks like she's doing fantastic. It's not good. Yes, no, it's not good. Colleen. So so the the reason why Misty throws no shade towards Danny this issue is because apparently it was all Colleen this week. (laughs) (sighs) My father doesn't even know me. Every time he thinks of me, he flashes back to Angar's Mindstorm. God knows what he saw in it. But rather than seeing it again, he blanks me out of his mind as if I died years ago with my mother, which never, I believe, gets explained how she passed. And if I'd never existed at all. Oh, God. How I wish I killed Angar when I had the chance. So there, she confirms. Where'd Shatner come from? She hear that? She did not kill Angar. She uh, just apparently mortally wounded him. Yes, he does come back. Yes, he even makes an appearance in one panel in the new Power Man and Iron Fist when they're discussing them being back together. Does he? I didn't even pick that up. Yeah, he's sitting with the girl with the bowling ball head in the booth. On the very first issue? Uh, wasn't it the, issue, the beginning of the second issue when there are all the... Honestly, um, of the first four issues, I've tried to block out of my memory. <laughs> where, where they're, they're like, they're the two guys in the bathroom stalls are going, is it true? Yeah, they're back together. <laughs> so, uh. So she go, goes off in a huff. Yeah. And Danny and Misty decide to take a walk. They're walking through some type of park, maybe Central Park, since it's New York, who knows? Um. All the parks are the same to you, aren't they? You racist. <laughs> Gonna call dog. So anyways, they're, they're discussing major life decisions here and about everything. I'd give back anything to get back to Kan Lun, but then he kind of like figures that, you know, it's not just Kan Lun anymore. He kind of has life here and he would like that life to grow a little more and this, that, and the other thing. And... By the dragon's bones, the ground is shaking. And all of a sudden, Misty, look out, kaboom, skabam. Jack Black apparently uh, wrote some sound effects for this issue. Everything's blasting up from the roadway, but what? Heads up, New York, because the wrecking crew is back in town. And that's Luke Cage's twin brother. 
and we've got half a page splash here of the wrecking crew coming up from the asphalt. You're lucky and I missed the sense of that. And Misty, <laughs> and Misty commenting, I had to ask. So what takes up most of the reading this issue is the next two panels, which is just the convoluted events. Um... <laughs> but we, we should get into at least the first half. Oh, we'll, we'll cover it. Page 10, which is pretty much kind of like, well, it's not even the full origin. No. But Doctor Strange is there. The Wrecker has actually quite an interesting origin. And I joke all the time about, because I costume and stuff with my kids, about doing the Wrecker as a cosplay. Because he's actually quite powerful with that crowbar. He's as powerful as Thor. And unfortunately, I don't even remember how the crowbar got that powerful. Um, if Loki yeah. had something to do with it or something, uh, but uh, interlude, we're turning back the clock to Defenders number nineteen in the moment after Doctor Strange defeated the Wrecker in Mortal Combat. Yes, Doctor Strange is a badass. If you haven't realized this yet, buy some freaking books, people. He's the only guy with the collar bigger than Danny, so you now he means business. Uh, and as you all saw, if you look at our Facebook page, I scored one of the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Doctor Strange Pops, and it's awesome. Super detailed. The moment where the good doctor zapped the Wrecker's mystically charged wrecking ball into a netherverse limbo. But apparently, it stayed in that limbo out of harm's way until the day Philip Masters, otherwise known as the Puppet Master, fashioned his radioactive clay in the Wrecker's image, thereby ensnaring first the weapon and then the man. And uh, we, sh we see uh, the Wrecker in prison, and all of a sudden, poof! Holy, my bar! It just popped in on my hand from out of nowhere. Acting out the Puppet Master's scenario, the Wrecker became tearing apart several Midtown Manhattan banks, hoping to draw the Fantastic Four into battle. The rest is history. And Luke and Cage this, is there. Yes, Luke Cage makes his, I believe, first appearance in the Iron Fist book. Yep. And this is from Fantastic Four 168. We've got Luke Cage knocking the crowbar out of the Wrecker's hand, which just, so for the record, physically not possible at that time. At that time, Luke Cage was gauged at 10 tons maximum strength. Uh, the record well over 100. So the fact that Luke Cage would even make his head turn to the side with a full power punch is a little ridiculous. Cage, be careful. Don't sweat it, lead a man. Because here's where the power man starts earning his keep as a member of the Fantastic Four. I don't also, remember that priest membership. They were, actually, they were actually paying him. <laughs> Cage, Luke Cage was a paid member of the Fantastic Four while the thing was healing. Now that's pretty funny when you think about it because uh, in the first Spider-Man issue after uh, Amazing Fantasy 15 he goes to the Fantastic Four to ask for paid work and they're like no, you're crazy I'm not paying you 
already have people. But then Luke Cage, I guess. I guess he can take the thing's place, that makes sense. I don't know, I just thought that was funny. Because that was like a big moment in Spider-Man thing where he just feels like he's being looked down on by all the other big, weak heroes. <laughs> oh, he's also a teenager who could, at that time, only lift one ton, now apparently ten tons. And from what I've been reading now, that's been even pushed further. He was a teenager who saved a spaceship. I mean, <laughs> that's... This is an impressive teenager. <laughs> So they take him away, and of course, in the paddy wagon, with a normal pair of giant handcuffs, and quickly make the mistake that, even though he's not with his crowbar, he still is very strong, busts out of there, looks up all his friends, apparently gets the crowbar back also, that they don't comment on, then busts his friends out of jail to form his entire wrecking crew again, and comes to the conclusion that we gotta kill Thor. And that was three months ago. On the slopes of the High Sierras. For some reason that's commented on why I don't know. Well, there's a lot of details here that seem unnecessary to add for a quick recap. Like the, not, not as an us, but like the writers put like a full two pages with a lot of detail into something that wasn't really about Iron Fist. Mm. I feel like you could have explained what their deal was much quicker and more efficiently than that. But maybe they were just trying to fill space. That's what it comes off as to me. Alright. Now, I'm going to need you to take over because i got to go grab my work phone. So, have at it on the big fight scene in Central Park. Alright. right back. So Luke Cage's twin, he sees a cop car coming, he spins his wrecking ball, he smashes the car to pieces, the cops go flying out of the side, so they're alive. Who does this clown think he is anyway? Thor? <laughs> so, Misty points out Danny, these guys are way out of our league. It's going to take the Avengers or the Fantastic Four to put him down. And Danny's like, just worried about stopping him later. we got a hospital to evacuate. And Misty starts to argue, and Danny goes, nope, move it, don't argue, he'll hold them off as long as he can. And as one of the Wrecking Crew points out, that's going to be four or two seconds, punk. So he comes face to face with... Ah, uh, I need Carly for this. Um, the... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. He comes face to face with... I believe this is... Pile Driver. Yeah, I believe it's Pile Driver. And then Bulldozer comes charging at him, but Iron Fist uses his body against him, our judo, his body weight, and throws him over him. I like those moon boots. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Carl, can you clear up the, the guy charging at Danny? That's Bulldozer, right? Bulldozer is the one with the helmet, Pile Driver is the blonde. I got it right, yes. So, yeah, he, he throws Bulldozer on his butt. Bulldozer gets back up. Danny points out to pulverize the normal man, but Bulldozer isn't even shaken. Um, Bulldozer points out, Who do you think you are, boy? Some sort of Bruce Lee? Ha, 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 ha. And uh, the Wrecker points out, well, he's like, That's enough, all of you. And they're there to get 
Dr. Don Blake, that friend of Thor's, so that they can use him as a bargaining chip. Bargaining chip. Little do they know, though, that Don Blake is Thor. I wonder how many folks knew that Thor had a secret identity back in the day. In fact, it was Don Blake that turned into Thor, not the other way around. Yes. He would strike his walking stick on the ground and become Thor. Yeah, I believe the idea was he found Thor's hammer and got imbued with his powers and sort of just became Thor. Yes, that was the original origin. He found it in a cave. Found the walking stick in a cave on an altar, struck it off the altar, became Thor, and the rest is history. Then, of course, they retroconned the entire origin that Don was actually Thor in human form the whole time. He didn't even know he was Thor, though, because of a punishment from Odin until he found the walking stick. It's not the worst retcon ever, but it's not great. Especially if there was, like, Don Blake fans. Mm. Anyway, the record chucks the ground up from under Danny, and sends Danny, you know, flying, and he, you know, says they can be using their time better than punching out some stupid college kid. How long has it been Danny? It'd be like 20 now, wouldn't he? So it's been like yeah. a year? Yeah. And then we have Wrecking Ball spinning it over his head. His, uh... Or Thunderball, rather, spinning the Wrecking Ball over his head, saying, I'm going to smash you to a pulp, Iron Fist, and I'm going to laugh while I'm doing it. Uh-huh. And, of course, Danny's got a comment that... I love that his, his uh... Mask tie is flying in the air in the direction of the spin. <laughs> yeah. Danny, of course, has to comment that his hand is being charged because we can't see that. Though. Yeah. And he's going full power at the ball. Time to die, baby. There ain't no power on earth. can stand against my wrecking ball. Shkakow. He loves Shkakow. We're left with a flash to your favorite person in the world. Alan. We leave the fight altogether to go to Alan. Wait, you did the part about Iron Fist clapping his hands over. Paul Driver, didn't you? Nope. Because that's awesome. Oh, the, the double ear chop? Yeah. It's double ear chop's amazing. Double, double ear palms, or whatever. Paul Driver's ears, and he's like, ah... And, yeah. Well, he, he also had Misty at the time. He had captured Misty, so that sprung Danny into action. After Misty threw a chunk of... No, no, after she, uh, misdirected Bulldozer. Sorry, guys, yeah, sorry, that's pretty that was late. my fault. I had pages stick together. Oh, yes. Sticky pages. And, uh... Bulldozer also gets hit by a wrecking ball because Danny dodges it and gets him hit with it. So, yeah. And yet now to the next page. Sweaty Allen. Connor's favorite. Look at me, so, I'm Irish. I'm Danny's we... best friend. Give me a potato. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> some potato and some vodka. <laughs> Alright, so. We get his backstory. We leave the fight altogether to see Alan in full orange fro and the jean suit, as my brother used to call it, running 
but in one man's dreams the setting is Belfast, Northern Ireland, and the time is Christmas week. The man is running a race, one that he's run every night for the last few years. Get out, for God's sakes, get out of this store. <laughs> oh, dear. There's a boom. <laughs> a boom. Oh, Carl, please stop. <laughs> um. So the bomb blows up, kills everyone in there. And Alan wakes up. He was having a nightmare, as you can probably tell from the curved edges of the borders anyway in that little dream sequence. And he used to be the best explosive man for the IRA. Depending on your point of view, he's a freedom fighter, a patriot, a soldier, a terrorist, a bomber. Well, I know what I think the IRA is. It's not freedom fighters. What are they? Terrorists. <laughs> You heard it here first. Wow. Actually, I don't, I don't know what they're doing these days. Apparently, they've gotten a lot better, so... Don't take my word on it, though. Like, they, they, really just, don't. They, just, they just hang out and vape all day. Wow. <laughs> what? Yeah, do not take my word on the IRA, guys. I'm going off knowledge that's, like, over ten years old, so... Yeah. It's been a while since Kano was there. Wow. Thanks. It's my Scotty impersonation because his his uh his uh was it the Simpsons where Scotty was too fat to reach the controls? I don't remember. I was not really a huge Simpsons fan. I lived with a roommate who would literally watch like six episodes a day, so it kind of turned me off. Yeah. Anyway, Alan's really buff. (laughs) He is cut. Look at him. So he wakes up. God, as bad as that night, the nightmare's ever been. And he's, all those people, the children, I didn't mean, didn't want to. They've, you've got to believe that. It yeah. wasn't my fault. So he, he blew up. It was your fault. You set the, he's talking to himself. He's arguing yeah. with himself. You set the bombs. You knew in your heart that it was only a matter of time before someone got hurt. So now you're paying the price. One that's far more terrible. Oh. Stretch <laughs> Speaking of terrible, terrible accents. It's more like a Kiwi accent than an Irish accent. Uh, so in the next room on this boat that Alan is working on, which we learned from a later issue that he got a job on a boat. Wasn't that before? There uh, he goes, was. screaming like all the devil in hells were after him. Close enough to him, we're after him, and I think he knows it. Dealer takes two cards. They're playing poker. I don't see why we have to wait. I say we finish him off now. And that's why I'm in charge of this Operation Boyo. Why does this dude have a boomerang? Because he's... Well, we'll get to that later. Oh, no. Sorry, I thought it was one of the two thugs that had it. And I was just like, what? But I just remembered, so... Yeah. That's called foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was one of the two thugs in the boomerang. I'm like, I thought that they got their ethnicities mixed up and they thought the Irish threw boomerangs at people, which really wouldn't surprise me. So the guy in the shades playing poker says there's nowhere you can run to and no man or superhero who can protect you. Even though he's not talking to Alan because Alan's in the next room. Right. Because it's our causes... Uh, causes are your bag. Patrick, me, I'm in it for the money and for the chance to prove to the world that I'm as deadly as ever. And that's the person who 
chucks the boomerang yeah. on top of the pile of bets, which it looks like someone's even betting their gun. <laughs> if snuffing this dude, if snuffing this dude, Kavanaugh oh. and Iron Fist is what the job demands, then that's the way I'll play it. Queen, Queen High Flush, gentlemen, I win today a poker hand. Alan's segments are great. They just just abandon logic and common sense. And that's Carl's phone again. So I will take over from here till he gets back. So yeah. We go back to the fight. Uh, Wrecking Ball, well, looks like he's been knocked to hell, and there's a huge trail where his body slid. And he says, I have a feeling that was your best shot, fella, because Iron Fist gave it all out. And if that's what it means, then he is, well, he's as good as gone, really. But the cops foolishly try and arrest Luke Cage's twin, not knowing that he also has invulnerability. Mm. You're under arrest, mister. You even breathe hard, and we open fire. Did they just pull him over because he was black? They didn't even see everything else that was going on. They're just like, oh. They've been there the whole time. Who are you talking about? He's a known criminal. Yeah. He's also escaped prisoner. It's Luke Cage. They're not twins. It's just split personality. That could be a series unto itself. That could be. I'll, I'll do a shocking new Marvel let's, series. Let's, let's hope it never happens. Where Luke Cage is brainwashed the whole time. And thought he was Luke Cage, but he was actually a part of the Wrecking Crew, but he didn't know it. Seriously? I think work wants Carl. No, I work with a bunch of morons. Oh, okay. Well, that too. So we go back to Iron Fist and he's fighting... While well, all that insanity is happening outside with the uh, Luke Cage's twin and the cops, he is fighting the Wrecker. And, well, fighting is one word for it. He's essentially dodging him as much as he can because one hit and he is dead. So, Iron Fist charges up boast, both of his fists and he thinks to himself he's got to gamble everything. His will against his. Yes, if you want me that badly, Wrecker, then here I am. And Wrecker's like, man, you're crazier than I thought. So he swings the crowbar at him and Iron Fist grabs onto the crowbar. And there's a great panel down the bottom here. Contact. Even as Iron Fist's hands touch the Wrecker's bar, the two men begin to glow like newborn stars. Strain etched deep on their faces as the power of Shaolu the Undying is pitted against that of Carnilla, Queen of the Norns. I guess there's a little hint on who created the crowbar. Yeah. For a seething, seeming eternity, neither man says a word, and then the last hero who tried to steal my bar like this was Doc Strange. He was masters of the mystic arts, and it took everything he had to beat me. So the interesting thing here is that pretty much compares them both as both vessels for vast mystical powers. Well, they... they... I guess because we've talked about whether... We've talked about the way Danny and Shulu's and the whole Chi thing works a lot, and we have obviously come to the conclusion that different writers, different way it works, but... Yep. Yeah, it's always interesting to see when, like, stuff like this comes up anyway. So... Next panel, we have the Wrecker with double-handed swinging backwards over his head of the bar, Danny flying backwards. You're good, Iron 
fish, but whatever you are, you ain't that good, and you ain't got that kind of power. At least not yet. Iron fish, screams Misty. Lord in heaven, he's lying so still. Well, well, well. Sounds to me like our superhero has a girl. Thunderball! At your service, ma'am, as Thunderball wraps Misty in his chain from his wrecking ball. And, of course, makes one false move, and I'll break you in two. Iron Fist is back up. Let her go, Thunderball. Bad Iron, bad James Bond rip-off movie. Wow. <laughs> Thunderball. I I hated Thunderball. I love the fact that Sean Connery decided to no longer be James Bond. Roger Moore was making a name for himself being James Bond. So Sean Connery came back to do... Never say never remake, again. A complete remake... Of a movie he's already done. Yeah. I just did, I didn't even like the original on the wall. I thought it was crap. I thought it was garbage. I mean, this James Bond just acted like really, really stupid with the whole thing. He just walks into the bad guy's base. He's like, yep, I'm a spy. My name is James Bond. Um, you know, you acted with some sense before, but this is just like, I don't know. Plus, I know a lot of people hate Thunderball because of the underwater fire sequences are really slow. Mm. Alright, now. James Bond Podcast 2017. You heard it here first. Once again, my superpower tangent has come into effect. Yes. Um, let her go, Thunderball, before the power of my Iron Fist smashes you in two. Bluff away, young dragon. You can barely stand right now, let alone punch out a supervillain. And this panel is just hysterical to me because all the bad guys are all lined up. The last guy's holding Misty and mm. Iron Fist off to the right with one hand barely charged. <laughs> yeah. Dad Punch can't hurt us, Punk. Come here now. Shut up, pal driver. He hasn't hit you with it yet. Still, you can't beat four of us, Tin Horn. Harm the woman. I'll do my best, Wrecker. Maybe I can't beat you, but I can hurt you. Hold you here until other superheroes arrive to finish you off. You sound like you're talking a deal, fella. I am. You want Thor? I'll give you him. On a silver platter, my martial arts skills will get me past the defenses of the Avengers Mansion, and once inside, I can let you in. Thor's bound to show up there eventually, and you can use the Avengers equipment to summon him. Ambush him, Wrecker. He'll think he's safe. He'll have, he'll have his guard down. He won't have a chance. Iron Fist, no, what are you doing? My life isn't worth an Avengers. Shut up, sister. Unless you know, unless you want a knuckle sandwich. I love Bulldozer's face in that panel. <laughs> Talking about the side of his mouth. I'm yeah. tell you, lost that sound about time, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't so, like it either, Bulldozer. So can we stop for a sec? No. Uh, well, um, <laughs> We're three I'll, panels away from it being over. I'll take that as a yes. So, we go to the part where he's like, you sound like you're talking a deal. I didn't get that vibe at all. Uh, did you get that vibe that Danny was talking a deal? Because I didn't get that vibe. No, not at all. Yeah, that was really <laughs> weird. Anyway, and then then Danny's just like, "Oh, kill the Avengers!" <laughs> it's just funny how it goes from that to just like, "I'll kill the Avengers," and it's like, "Okay." Anyway, well, it comes down to we've got your girl. You're on. Get into the Avengers mansion. Set up the, turn off the alarms as an article of good faith. You kill every Avenger you find inside. Now get out of here. 
So Misty's captured and Iron Fist is running off into the distance with a shadowy Iron Man in the foreground. Or background, background rather. And all right, I've bought the time I need now to put it to good use by contacting the only Avenger I've ever met face-to-face, Iron Man. He'll get the Avengers to help me stop the Wrecking Crew. If he's at the mansion, if he's at the mansion, if he isn't, I may have just signed Misty in my death warrants. Next issue. Enter a living legend, but not the one you think. What does that mean? Well, guys, you have to wait till next time. Sorry if I've made no sense. It's very late. I'm tired. Carl has this weird effect on people. And he is also barely awake. So, <laughs> yes. Okay, um, alright, I, I thought it was a decent issue, uh, I don't think, I mean. Lots of, lots of good fight panels. Lots of action. It was an action issue. Some part of the stuff, it was mostly action. So, it did its job, I guess, it sets up a two-part story. Um, not the best issue, not the worst issue. Yeah, no, just more of the same. Uh, next issue is better. Because yes. it's it's insane, it's crazy, it makes no sense, it's great. So, can't wait for that one. <laughs> yeah, alright, um, anything yeah, to add? I, I believe the title of the next issue is called Tumbling Butler. <laughs> <laughs> An aggressive flag man. <laughs> Captain Kill, Captain Don't Ask Any Questions. <sighs> I'm looking forward to that, that'll be good. Alright, so... Until next time. Peace. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And may your peace become very peaceful, but iron-like so it doesn't break. See ya. Iron Fist and all other characters in these comics are properties of Marvel and Disney. And any music or images we use belong to their respective copyright holders, and we do this for fun, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at sonsofthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Just send us mail, comments, thoughts, send us anything you want really, even if it's not about Iron Fist. Um, And if you don't want it right out on the air, just mention that. Um, You can also reach us at Facebook, the Immortal Iron Fist Podcast, Sons of the Dragon. Our Twitter, at Iron Fist Podcast. Our SoundCloud soundcloud.com forward slash sons of the dragon with hyphens where the spaces are our youtube connor carl just search iron fist podcast on youtube and you'll find us real quick and then there's our wordpress sons of the dragon the immortal iron fist podcast dot wordpress.com we are also on itunes feel free to rate us there if you rate us less than five stars well just tell us what we're doing wrong and we'll try and improve that and last but not least we are on podcast garden in the literature section And thanks to Thomas Tissot for the theme song at the start. And thanks.